Hey, rock stars, I'm JB, expert salesperson and master presenter. I'm the doctor, psychologist, and behavioral expert. This is the Entrepreneur Mastery Lab Podcast. We're high-performance coaches that help service-based professionals and entrepreneurs take their skills to the next level. 70% of entrepreneurs fail, which is why every week we have real talk with real entrepreneurs to help ensure you are not one of them. We're also the inventors of the Be Rich Mindset. Where we rise to mastery, inspire greatness, celebrate knowledge, and help others along the way. So join us in the lab. And now, on to the show. What is up, rock stars? Welcome back to the EML. I'm JB. I'm the doctor. Doc, good seeing you again, buddy. I'm excited to have another great conversation this week. They're the best. Highlight of my week. Highlight of everybody's week. Come on, man. That's the rumor. That is. By the way, if you happen to be a returning viewer or listener, thank you so much for joining us here in the lab. Uh, we appreciate you. We know you've already liked, subscribed, and followed. Uh, so thank you for that. But if you're new and this is your first time checking us out, you're in for a treat. But make sure you do give us a like, a subscribe, or follow. It helps us impact even more people just like you. So before you wrap up today, just kind of hit that red button, whether you're watching on YouTube or go ahead and give us a five-star review on Apple podcast or whatever you're on Spotify. And we appreciate it. Make that your new year's resolution. Or as you know, as you've heard us talk about the last few weeks, your goal, right. your new year's goal to like subscribe. It was a throwback. It was, it was like to tease them to make sure they go back and listen. It's part of the art, man. You got you got to know how to set the tone, the tease. The, the... You're, you're you're throwing off me off. I, you might be throwing back. You're throwing me off. Well, either especially way, teasing. Speaking of teasing, we have an amazing guest today. We do, and and you beat me to the segue. So I wanted to. I knew you were going there. So I could tell you were just trying to take Still it the limelight. I am pumped to introduce uh, a good friend and colleague, uh, Hayden. Hayden, welcome to the show, man. Thanks. It's uh, great to be here. And unlike your subscribers, I'm not going to wait till 2023 to like and subscribe. I'm going to do it right now. What all our listeners of viewers might not know is we kind of like tell everybody they have to do that. If they're going to show up, on our show, they have to, it's, a, it's like the minimum requirement, but we still appreciate you, man. Thank you for that. Uh, and, and Hayden, I know you might've slept through it, but it is 2023 right now. Wink, wink. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, just got multi-dimensional right uh, just got 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 a little crazy over here uh hey to do do our listeners our viewers a favor man just kind of share a little bit about who yourself uh, yourself who you are uh what you do for work and, and just give them a little familiarity if you can sure so uh who is hayden Casson? i uh south florida native born and raised in sunny fort lauderdale uh spent seven years in the navy um kind of kind of traveled around a bit finding my place, my purpose, my passion, um, navigated through a couple of different career paths and, and landed in the construction industry uh, where I am now. Um, started off with general contractor, but ended up working for a trade association. So I, I worked directly for associated builders and contractors. Uh, we, we serve the construction industry. We work um, on the construction industry, not just in it. And uh, my role at ABC is to manage the ABC Cares Foundation. Uh, it's a very unique foundation in what it does for the construction industry. Um, it was established to respond to emergent needs in the industry, meaning sickness, injury, death, a life-altering incident, 
is met by ABC Cares uh, with financial support. Uh, we, we help those families bridge the gap between whatever incident happened and when insurance or workers comp can pay out. Um, you know, a couple months ago, we really started, maybe longer than that now, about six months ago, really started seeing a need to go further with our services. Um, many individuals were needing mental health support and they weren't getting it. Um, I didn't have anything to give them. So I, I was trying to make introductions to other organizations that could fill the gap. But um, we ended up funding mental health services three months ago. So now we can offer that to our beneficiaries. And we currently have three families that are uh, receiving services at no charge to them. Um, two of them are actually Spanish speaking families. So it's a, it's a great service that ABC Cares is able to provide. Uh, so that's, that's a little bit about me and where my passion is and where my focus specifically is right now in 2023, Doc. How'd you really find yourself in ABC Cares, right? So you're talking about a foundation, nonprofit world. Right. You, come, you come from the military. Right. Um, what about that world? What about ABC Cares and the foundation really kind of drew you in? I was in transition from one general contracting firm, construction management firm to another. Um, and I sat down with the CEO of ABC. You know, I had, I had sat on the, was, at the time I was sitting on the board of trust, a uh, board of uh, directors for the ABC Institute or trade school. Um, wanted to know how I can make an impact in this, in this interim in my life. And sure enough, uh, Peter, our CEO uh, pitched me on uh, ABC cares. I didn't know about ABC cares. Um, when I started hearing about what it does, how it's structured, um, the impact that it was currently making and um, the wheel started turning on the impact that it, it could make. Uh, he sent a job description my way and um, he won't admit to it, but I'm pretty sure he wrote that job description off of my resume because it, it nailed me to a T and it, it even nailed um, my passion, which is service. Um, I don't feel complete in life unless I'm serving. Um, so, you know, it just became, it was, it started off as a job and then it became a calling. Um, and 15 months later, you know, the, the fundraising portion of, of ABC cares has been 10 X. Um, the caseload is, is well over, uh, doubled this year due to awareness. Um, the impact is being, that's being made is absolutely incredible. And really it's, it has nothing to do with, with me. It has to do with the industry and the compassion, the love that the industry has. Um, I just sort of connect the dots and, and let the industry do what it does best. You mentioned the, the foundation and, and the work you're doing. So you're on the business development side, right? Like, let, let's just clarify for everybody that that's your role is to bring in money and bring in, bring in sponsors essentially, right? I'm on all the sides. So okay. um, one day or one hour or one minute, I might be wearing the business development hat. Um, but then the next minute, I need to take that hat off and put on my case manager hat. I need to, I need to get down uh, into the trenches and, and work with a family that is grieving, that, that just lost somebody that's trying to figure out what the hell comes next. Um, I don't have the answers. Um, all I can do is, is be there and be present um, connect them with resources, financial resources, and, and the mental health resources that I, I mentioned. So, and then there's the growth. There's the other programs that we have. Uh, we do stuff with workforce development. We do stuff with community partnerships. It, it's vast, but yeah, it's 
business development is a large part of it, um, but relationships is the center of everything that happens with ABC Cares. In response to what you said earlier, emergent needs, I, I mean, you just kind of mentioned grieving. So I, I assume that means some, somebody gets like, what, what, what do you mean by emergent needs, right? Like, so for our listeners who don't really understand this, what, what sure. is emergent needs? So just to give you an idea, um, I, we just, I just came off the board retreat this morning. And uh, so the, the stats are fresh in my mind. Um, as of yesterday, we had 27 cases this year. Um, as of now, we have 28 cases. These are constantly coming in. Um, 11 of those were deaths. These aren't necessarily on the job site. There's, there's car accidents. There's someone has a heart attack. Uh, someone does have a workplace death on a job site. They're, they're just different. Um, someone has, has cancer and they're battling cancer. And um, there's a financial strain because they're out of work doing chemo. Um, a house burns down and they're displaced. So they need a place to stay and they need connections to a realtor and, and some money to put down a down payment. Um, I mean, the list goes on. An emergent need is something that's, that's a life altering event that, that creates a financial vacuum that needs to be filled. So that's when we talk about emergent needs. Um, and it really is the heart of, of everything that ABC, ABC Cares does. That's, that's what an emergent need is. Okay. So, so we're, we're talking traumatic life altering and changing events and experiences that people are going through and you and ABC cares are at that point stepping in to assist financially or in a lot of ways. $70,000 have gone to families over the course of the year. Um, we have connected uh, people with real estate agents, with other organizations like United way that have a, a plethora of services and, um, I had, I had a case recently after Hurricane Ian where he didn't need financial support. He just needed a freaking dumpster. Couldn't get a touch of a dump, couldn't get a dumpster. He needed to gut his house because the water damage. So I got on the, on the phone with one of our members and sure enough, coastal waste and recycling two days later is delivering, delivering a 20 yard dumpster to this guy. It's, it, it's literally connecting the dots. So it's not always financial. It's not always mental health services. There's there's lots of ways that we can help and every case is different. So it's, it's a very white glove type approach to, to the construction industry and the nonprofit space. So what, what you just described, there's a great, great example. You, you said it earlier relationships. So it's relationship driven business. So you're kind of, you're putting all the pieces together, connecting all the dots as, as you put it. Uh, and it's service. So you, so you, you get what you're passionate about and you get to build out relationships and, and make it about relationships, which is, which is a big deal. Uh, I, I got to imagine, man, uh, not for nothing. I know I've got the doc, a therapist as, as a business partner here and on the podcast. Uh, it's got to be hard to kind of get in there when people are dealing with what they're dealing with, though. I mean, you're dealing with people when they're, I don't want to say it unstable, but emotionally sensitive, uh, emotionally at risk. Uh, so that's a challenge. It is. Right? It's an incredible challenge. It's, uh, and, and to be completely transparent with you, um, it's something that I frankly suck at like balancing. Um, and I'm, I'm getting better at it, but I'm an empath. Like I, I feel these people's pain. I, um, I wear it for days at, at times. Um, I'm learning to get better at that. This is not something that I'm necessarily trained in yet. I've, I have my own experiences that I can draw from my own processes and coping mechanisms that I can draw from, but it's, it's the people that have come around me and have given me, hey, try this, hey, try this, that have 
that have helped me learn how to cope myself. And then there's those that come with me and, and meet these families and are there to unpack uh, what we just experienced together. And that's, that's made a, a huge difference. We're, we're changing the way we, we approach these, these um, emergent need call them deliveries when we go and meet with the family. Um, that's going to be very different in the next few months. We're developing a, a, an actual internal program where we can train these individuals and myself um, working with therapists. Um, it's necessary. It's absolutely necessary. I think that's the, the piece that's important. And I'm glad you kind of highlighted a little bit of working with therapists. And I think that gets lost a lot of the world. Obviously that's my background and realize, I don't think people realize how much training we have to go to, to be able to separate those things out. Cause we do hear a lot each day and be able to not let our own feelings come in when we're dealing with others, people. So some of the worst things you can do if you're trying to be supportive is is to break down in, in when you're trying to be supportive of the other people, right? You have to be the rock. You have to be the one that has the, some emotion, but really a pretty flat emotion when you're trying to help people get through those things. And it's, it's really important why p- people go through the training to get that. Right. Um, and I appreciate you, Hayden, like pointing that out, that you do work a lot with in conjunction with mental health therapists that are trained in that to kind of get, make sure the people are getting the right care. There's a lot of people out there that just, they try to wing it and it causes a lot of damage. Right. Yeah. Um, I've, I have established care with a therapist specifically for unpacking these emergent needs. Our, our partner, the organization that we work with is Children's, um, Children's Home Society, and um, their, their coordinator is a therapist. And I've established care with this person so that I can unpack these cases that she's also familiar with. Obviously, we're not doing HIPAA violation type stuff, but I'm, to- I'm talking about and unpacking my experience. It's something she's aware of. So, um, you know, I, I'd love to hear your opinion on something. Talk. I, uh, I was on a call yesterday with a, a woman named Jennifer, and she was a Broadway dancer turned comedian. And she's talking about how when an actor assumes a role, they do a physical uh, thing. A, she called it a ritual. It, it's, it's pushing against the wall or clapping their hands or jumping up. It doesn't matter what it's something physical. And then when they come out of that character, they do that ritual to come out of that character. And it's something that I haven't had a chance to use yet. I'd love to hear your opinion on that. Is it, it made sense to me. And for me, I visualize it as putting on a hat, that metaphor of putting on a hat, but actually putting on a hat. And maybe I'll go and meet people wearing a hat from now on. I don't know. That's all you're missing. I mean, you got the cool beard, but you're missing the hat. I got the hat. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> I got a fedora at home. Maybe I'll just, no, a fedora wouldn't be appropriate. Yeah, you go with it, people. People, I've learned care a lot less about what you're wearing when you're talking to them um, in those settings. Uh, but what you're saying, it, it, it makes sense. They are playing a character, so they need to get into that space and didn't need to be able to separate it out. I mean, you probably heard a lot over years about like method acting, where there's some that are really good at their craft, where the whole time they're on set, they're that character. Like they don't break, even if they're at craft services, getting something to eat, you walk up to them, they're still in, in character because it takes a lot for them to get into that character. And, you know, it, I think the big thing is one size doesn't fit all right. And there's plenty of actors right. that can turn it on and turn it off without even like a blink of the eye. 
and we're talking, you know, great actors in both worlds. So it's really finding what works best for you. So that might be something you want to experiment with and give it a try to see if there is something that you can do to kind of get into that mindset. Um, and it might be what, what she was saying. It might be something else. Uh, over the years, I've learned I don't really need to do anything like that when I'm in, in therapy mode. I'm in therapy mode and I can turn it on and turn it off pretty easily. Um, and I have to a lot just in life and working with this guy. You never know when you have to shift into it. Um, <laughs> just want to see if he's okay. paying attention. <laughs> just check and see if we got you still. Uh, and adding a little levity to the, the conversation because it is a tough one for a lot of people maybe listening might be thinking about right. a lot of this stuff. Um, but yeah, so it is really trying to find what works best for you like in most things. Uh, but don't be afraid to try different things and see what kind of works. Absolutely. I mean, you put a vest on my dog. He's he's now working. Take it off. He's a lunatic. Night and day. He's learned the, the difference, right? You yeah. put a vest on my dog and uh, he thinks he doesn't know how to walk anymore. I have a vest because he wears a little harness. But if I put the back piece on that harness, all of a sudden he thinks his legs don't work. It's supposed to help him walk, but if I put him on, he thinks his legs don't work. So it's really, again, interesting kind of what people are trained for, what they're not. And he's not trained for that. Your dog obviously is much better right. at that. Your dog trained my dog? <laughs> no, <laughs> he couldn't. But I've got a trainer if you need one. I, I like I like the word ritual there because it suggests that it's sacred or, and, and, and it's uh, consistent. And anytime we're trying to get ourselves into a routine or a habit and, and into a mindset, I think to, to Doc's point, it's, it's helpful to have something like that for a lot of people. Uh, and not everybody needs to be that way. I, I think, you know, Doc said it really well. You, you got a total spectrum of actors and how they can get in and out of roles. And here you got an example of somebody who it's very helpful for them to have some sort of ritual. And I wouldn't be surprised if somebody like that even had a different ritual for each character that they ultimately had to get into, right? Just to kind of separate right. that out and get into the right mindset. But ultimately, I, it's a way to focus in. And get focused in and get yourself prepared for whatever's coming up ahead. A way to harness and channel maybe some of the emotion or energy that you're dealing with, or to compartmentalize some of that emotion or energy that you're dealing with. So, so it's a it's a neat idea. It's, it's certainly worth checking out. It's like any other method you use, right? You experiment, you see if it works for you, and uh, if it does, fantastic. You adopt it and refine it, and if it doesn't, you you find something else. Uh, yeah, to, add, to add a little bit to it, I think might be some of our listeners get caught up on sometimes like some of this thing about playing a character. Uh, and we, we did a talk about this. Uh, I had a solo episode. We talked about a little bit at one of our live events as well about the idea of playing a character. It was around Halloween time. And we were just talking about like being in costume. And maybe when you go out networking, you put on that networking costume. Um, but the idea of authenticity always comes up, right? Like if you're playing a character, how can you still be authentic? And as long as that character is built on you, like you're still, you're still you. That's not changing. You're just adding pieces to it that fit that situation. So don't worry about not being yourself. As long as you're still being true to yourself, you can still play a form of character. And for you, that might be putting on that hat and playing that character of now I'm shifting to case manager, which is a little bit different to how I would react to people. than it would be if I'm going out to drum up some business. Absolutely. Yeah. It's night and day, but it's still you. And I think that's the piece I want to make sure that people understand is you can, feel like it's a character, but still be you. Well, we, and our blog was focused on that too, Doc. You know, yes, don't, and, can't and, forget and, our awesome blog. That's right. Don't, don't forget that awesome blog. Uh, 
it's a, it, there are times where it's really effective to play a role in business and, 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 you know, exaggerate some things if necessary, act, if you will. That's not always a bad thing. You know, I, I think people get confused about authenticity and having to be genuine and, and fail to see that there's times where it's totally appropriate to take on a role in business. Uh, and, and Hayden, what you're describing could be a fantastic example when you're sitting in front of a family and you've got to play a role. And you, you got to kind of be able to, I would imagine you, you, you said you're, you're a veteran, you served. Uh, I imagine that when you hear some things from people, you probably have your own reactions that you might need to like push down a little bit or, you know, or, or manage off to, so you can deal with it and process that later on your own time. Not when you're trying to help out as a, as a caseworker or in that type of role. So that, you know, is that being inauthentic? I don't think so, but I think it's just kind of recognizing this, this is my role in the position uh, that I'm in. It's interesting. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, and there's also something to be said for, for the vulnerability that can be shown in those situations as well. Um, You know, being, being completely present and, you know, accepting the fact that you are human and you are going to feel some emotion from these people. Um, I mean, it's, I feel like it's allowed me to connect with some individuals that, um, that had a very positive outcome months and months later reaching back out and and telling me that 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 time that was spent made an impact um so the last it's a balance i mean everything's a balance right it's it's uh yeah you want to in one sense be a stoic and and be be strong and firm but the other sense man there is something too is showing that vulnerability and you know being okay with hey i'm gonna i'm gonna cry with you a little bit and we're going to be okay with that because that's what you need. So, uh. yeah, I mean, a lot of that plays onto the situation in your role in the setting. So, like, as you're coming in as a case manager, you're you want to be that build that connection with them so they know that they have that that piece in you. And then they're also going to want someone in their life that they can just like break down to and know that that person's not going to need their care also. And I think that's a lot of the big piece of as we get trained as a therapist on why we don't try to show a lot of emotion is because we don't want to shift that transference back to the the person to feel that now they have to care for us in a situation where they're trying to get the care. Um, so it's a different setting than it would be um, in a place where you're talking about where you're there as part of the community. Uh, so just again, if people don't understand the difference, I want to make some, some clarity because you, you would never know that, right? Like if you've never worked in that setting, you would understand that there would be kind of differences on why, when it's appropriate and when it's not. That's such a powerful point. That's such a powerful point. Shifting the focus from, from them to have them having to care for you if you show too much. And I can see exactly what you mean. If my therapist started crying, um, it'd be a little different than if I had a friend that was feeling the emotions with me. Yeah. It's all context of what your job is at that moment. And right. It's, yeah, that's part. I, of it. I've been working side by side with this guy for like two, two and a half, three years now, and this is my first time learning this. He's got, he's got some Jedi ch- tricks up his sleeve, and, and tell me about this stuff until you get on the on the line with us, Hayden. Uh, man, I I got to ask, you know, kind of what's what's been some of the top lessons or or top I don't know things you've learned since you've started diving into to this business and dealing with some of this mental health stuff because it sounds like it's a lot, but you've got probably a lot of takeaways as well. Yeah, definitely. Um, 
relationships is the center of all of this, right? It it all comes down to relationships. The the takeaway that um, I, that I've had specifically the past few months is, um, you know, I'm getting I'm getting into a, a speaking space, public speaking space, and talking about mental health. But in order to do that, um, I'm doing a lot of self discovery and defining for myself, like what, what makes a difference for me so that I can portray that and, and convey those, those differences to other people. And what I, what I'm taking away is that I have to have a relationship with myself first and foremost. Um, and I'm not talking like 30,000 foot relationship with self. I'm talking like down in the weeds. There's, there's so many different things that make an individual who they are. If you are not in tune with your happiness. If you're not in tune with your sadness, your loneliness, all the different parts that make you who you are, then how can you successfully self-assess? If, if, my, if my loneliness is acting up and I don't have a relationship with the normal is, how am I going to recognize that? If I'm all of a sudden super happy all the time and that's not normal for me, maybe it seems on the surface that it's a good thing, but maybe that maybe there's something going on underneath. So first and foremost, it's, it's relationship with myself and I doing a lot of writing and meditating on that and trying to understand how, how to speak about that with other people and encourage them to begin their own journey, um, to have a relationship with herself. Um, some people have a hard time looking in the mirror, but if you stand and look in the mirror for a while, it, it's amazing the thoughts that come to you. Um, it's hard to be comfortable doing that. The next, the next piece is relationships with other people. Um, and when, when we talk about mental health and construction, we're really talking about suicide prevention first and foremost, like there's a big problem, like five times more deaths by suicide in construction than there are deaths on a job site. It's four times higher than the national average for suicide. It's insane. And it, I don't think it's so different from the problem that veterans are facing, the problem that first responders are facing. Uh, there's this tough guy mentality. It's so stigmatized to talk about mental health. That's where the relationship with others come, comes in. You know, creating a space where it's okay to not be okay, but what you need to do is, is get some momentum. You need to be able to recognize if, if all of a sudden, you know, JB is high and low, high and low normally. And then all of a sudden something good happens and he's like, cool. Or something bad happens and he's like, well, shit, that sucks. But as normal as these highs, these highs and lows, something's throwing them off. But if I don't have a relationship with you, a genuine relationship with you where I'm able to bring something up and say, hey, let's, let's chat. If you want, I'm here for you. Just know that. Then how, how, how are we ever going to make a difference? How are we ever going to prevent suicide? So you asked me what my takeaways were it relationship in that regard is such an important thing and creating a dialogue an internal dialogue for people to start thinking about this and starting their own journey. It's, it's a necessary thing to start putting a dent in, uh, in suicide and construction. I feel like I just heard the mission come out, right? You know, we've been, we've been talking for like a half hour here, but I feel like I finally got the, the, the mission. You talked about service and, and how important this is to you and i feel like we just kind of got the why be behind that yeah that is the goal for next year um is to create something very different 
for the construction industry first. We'll see where it goes beyond that, but we we need to shift the narrative. We we've got to start getting some things in place uh, to uh, put a dent in in how how many suicides there are. So we're ABC Cares in 2023 will be creating a turnkey mental health training solution. And it's it's not going to be labeled as mental health training solution. It's going to be something around the lines of professional development through relationships. Because like I mentioned before, it's the relationship with self and the relationship with others. That's gonna that that is mental health. And there's no way you're gonna walk into a room of of plumbers or electricians or or masons and, and say, hey, we're gonna talk about mental health today, guys. Yeah, they're gonna tell you to go fuck yourself. They want to. They want to have a conversation about something that they can connect with. Um, we can have the same talking points. We can have the same end goal, but we just got to approach it differently. And to give some, maybe help you feel a little bit better about the process going on, you got in front of you. Uh, I've seen a big uptick in the quote unquote macho man coming in. Uh, into therapy sometimes it's in couples where they're I don't want to be here I'm not going to do any of this and then they realize it's nothing what they thought it was and next thing you know they're much more chatty than their wives might be um, or there maybe their partner said you have to come see speak to someone or their job or whatever it may be and then once they get through a little bit of it they're like oh this is great what, what have I been doing so and I've seen a lot come on their own volition now, uh, a lot more than ever in the past. I work police officers, firefighters, same thing, right? The macho is a macho. Um, a lot of military. I worked at the VA for quite a while. And the I've seen the shift in the last few years of just being more open to the idea of, of talking and, and sharing and that it doesn't have to be something to be afraid of. So I, I think you're going to see a great uptick in that. And once you can get past that room, once they tell you to fuck off, that they're really going to be like, all right, now that I got that out of my system, tell me more. Yeah. I mean, you think about what makes successful people successful is they're, they're training certain modalities. You know, you hire a, you hire a coach to help you with your processes. You hire a, a physical trainer to get you in shape, dietitian to dial in your diet. Well, the most powerful tool in your arsenal is your mind. So why wouldn't you have somebody to help train your mindset to, to help you figure out what your process is to respond to certain triggers that you might have to help you recognize that you actually have triggers. And this is a very normal thing. So there's a lot of work to be done, um, but it's, it's underway. And I always like to say, you know, you have to have momentum. I don't care what it is, even give you an example. So get an argument with my fiance a couple of days ago, like where, where wait, do we wait, go wait. from here? Okay. Are you, are you sure you want to share this on air? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, yeah. So <laughs> I'm if there's a sudden podcast. edit in the podcast, now we know. Why. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so but, but thank, thanks for that though. Um, so I, we have, we're having a, an argument and I say timeout, we're going to reset right here and we're going to go to the bookshelf. And we're going to pick out a book that we're going to read 10 minutes together every day. Um, it can be relationship focused. It can be not relationship focused. I don't care. What I did was not solve the problem. What I did was create hope for momentum in a direction that's positive. Just the act of picking up the phone and saying, you know, calling eight, uh, 988 or 211 or starting the process to, to get some sort of help 
just the fact that picking up the phone, guess what you're not doing anymore? Thinking about suicide, not in the same way that you were two seconds ago, because you have momentum. You now have hope. You now have something that is your lifeline. So I don't know if that resonates with you, but I thought it was, I thought it was amazing how that takeaway from what I'm, I'm finding, you know, researching mental health and self-reflecting and I'm able to apply it in my relationship. And guess what? The argument was done. We didn't argue. We've been good ever since. I mean, she picked out the book that said how to be a better partner, but uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, she sure did. Everything you're saying, and I'm just thinking about relationships and relationships with ourselves versus relationships with others. And, and to have a real relationship, you need vulnerability. You need to be willing to be vulnerable. I'm just kind of curious, Hayden, your experience, is it harder to be vulnerable with yourself or with others? Um, uh, that's, a, that's a good question. So I actually went a little too far with my own vulnerability to begin with. I found that when I was vulnerable, these things that I used to hold against myself, I, I wasn't able to hold it against myself in the same way. By telling somebody this, this secret, I, it was no longer a secret. It couldn't be used against me. And it, it almost became something that I, I craved. Like I, I, after living in this like darkness for, for, for a long period of time coming out of the military, it was, I was not a bad place for a while. Um, by being vulnerable, it, it gave me freedom again. And I, I ended up having to check that a little bit because you can't overshare. <laughs> you really can. Um, it's true. And, but yeah, so for me, it, it has not been difficult for me to be vulnerable um, because I've, I've found, I've found relief in that vulnerability. Um, and it allows me to establish relationships with people that I might not otherwise be able to establish relationships with. I hear something that they say, and I'm not just saying, I know what you mean. No, like I hear you. Here's my experience. Let's share this together. Let's see if we can work through this together. I'm going to learn something from you. I hope you get to learn something from me, but that vulnerability is a very, it can be very difficult for people, especially talk about the macho man mentality, tough guy culture. Um, but once you start, I think that's what you're talking about, doc. They, uh, they don't want to be vulnerable, but once they are, God, does it feel good? And then it's, then they don't shut up. They talk more than their wives. I think they want to. I think society has just beat us up to the point that we're not supposed to. And now we're realizing what maybe society has been telling us all along is not really accurate. And getting that realization has been a lot of help. So we just got to keep talking about it so that, you know, it can keep sinking into people that it is, you know, just because society said something for so long doesn't mean it's true. And you can talk about it. And I know you want to. So just do it. So great first part episode with Hayden we will be completing our episode next week so come back next week make sure you do we get into a real in-depth conversation uh gets pretty deep and one of the best uh good conversations we've had around the mental health field in quite a while so please check back next week for part two we'd love to hear your input on this so please send us your thoughts leave some comments it's a tough conversation, uh, but they need to be had. 
and we get into a lot more of that on the next episode. So make sure you come back for that. In the meantime, if you are in the South Florida area, our next Evolve Networking is coming up in February. So we will be hanging out on February 16th. It's a Thursday night at the Wharf in Fort Lauderdale from 6 to 8 p.m. Come check us out. You will definitely enjoy it. And the thing about in person is we don't have to worry about technical issues. So we get to just kind of keep talking without any issues around that. So make sure you come. If you also want to follow us, you can always check us out on social media at any of the social media because we're on all of them at JB and the doctor. That's how you find us. And of course, at our website, JB and the doctor.com. Uh, I look forward to seeing you guys all there. See you at the in person, but make sure you check out next week's episode as well as last week's episode where we talked about how you're doing with your goals. We know we're at that tricky part mid month right now, right? Are you still hanging out with them? Are you still having issues? Are you still, still working on them? I hope so. And if you need any help with that too, you know where to find us. We'll see you all soon. Have a great day. Peace out, you